Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. I'm smoking a nice cigar. What do you have? A ginger beer? I got you a Perrier. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio, everybody. We're in the. Why don't you face over there? You can sit on the other side. Go sit. Just grab the mic wherever you want. I thought you'd want to be away from my cigar. That really that was really loud when you banged that mic down. I guarantee it. <laughs> We're in the backyard of uh, at my house here. Uh, it is Monday after Labor Day, and after the heat wave. After the heat wave, it's not. It's uh, it's cooler, but it's not as cool as it could be. And we've got a terrific show for you, folks. Gopher is here. Look at Gopher. He's on the table. Oh, he's tipping over sodas. He's so excited to see Zuckerman because he recognizes another animal when he sees one. <laughs> True, a kindred um, spirit. Uh, in a minute, we'll be talking to Frankie Perez. Um, this is a really cool story, Zuckerman. Frankie Perez is a musician. He has partnered with uh, Ducati, and he is crossing the country on a Multistrada playing concerts for health workers. Really? Uh, COVID-19. Yeah, he just wrapped up his first leg, which was uh, Las Vegas to New York. He was born in Las Vegas, and he's about to embark on his second tour. Here, check this out. Look at look at his guitar. Uh case that they built right onto the Multistrada instead of the Panier. Isn't that I, cool? I was just going to ask you, what is the support like? Does he have a van behind him? No, it's, Does he have, it's, it's just cam- him. It's him and his cameraman. Super cool story. These guy, he, he's a rock and roller. He plays with Allison Chains. He plays with some serious oh, guys. Here comes the rooster. Yeah, so yeah. we'll talk to Frankie in a minute. So my eyes <laughs> shut, Ferriston. You, you know, remember that I song? Just, I just got back uh, from Bills. I took the Zagato out to Bills. Easy ride there, difficult ride back. But um, I was talking to Bill about Fireball and the Cars and Coffee, because yesterday we had the Cars and Coffee. They continue to try to shut it down by putting these little these little pool ropes up, which Zuckerman very quickly undid with Susie's help and then, <laughs> and then confiscated the cones. And then the Cars and Coffee went off without a hitch. By the way, it's still alive and well. Come here. I can't believe that anybody would be turned away by pimply-faced flashlight guy. In any case, Bill's like, you know, I have a history with Fireball. Now the truth is coming out, right? Ah. Uh, now, now, if you and think, who he, who doesn't he have a history with? He's got a lot of history, Bill. He's, lots he's, of histories. He's got Multi-volume. a lot of history. <laughs> okay. Um, Fireball. <laughs> can't believe we're using this grown He's a 60-year-old. He's, he's nuts, He's right? a middle-aged guy. I can't... Uh, well, here's what okay. happened. Look, here's what happened. All right. Fireball apparently was throwing a Cars and Coffee. Remember before COVID-19? Right, right. at Bill's once every three months. With a crowd, let's say, uh, shall we say, is not very inspired car crowd. A, uh-huh. lot, a lot of crap. And, uh, <laughs> and Bill, Remember Bill was upset about it? I don't judge car people. If you like cars, you're fine with me. But Bill was like, he didn't like this crowd. He found them to be very, he found Fireball to be a abrasive personality. And he, after the second show that this guy, it's called Waves and Rides. It's, it's, it's not very inspired. It's a very kind of. I think Bill also complained about the fact that nobody bought anything. No. If I recall, yes. It was a thing. And when we looked at it. Look, it's just it's not our thing, but it's more the hot rod guys, all right? It's that crew. Oh. And again, like I want I just want to reiterate, if you like Priuses, it's you're you're good with me. But to Bill, he had them removed from his parking lot. Now, uh, I didn't know this until this evening. Uh, <laughs> right? And as you know, this car show that we call ours is really a pop-up pandemic car show that is was beyond our control. If you, but listening to us talk about it, we were even against it at one point, and I think that made it bigger. And then we said, "Yeah, it's ours," but we call it the Malibu 
kitchen, cars, and coffee all the time. Now, do you see what uh, happened uh, here? Uh, I see Fireball, Fireball picked his moment, and he decided to have Bill's cars and coffee just, shut down. I can just hear the wheels in his mind working. He saw a good thing. He saw a good thing, and he knew he had to put me out of business like Preston Tucker, and he had to take over Cars and Coffee. Now, that's that's money. The amount of resistance. I'm going to bring just clippers and cut these wires next week because nobody's going to stop anybody. Um, But I don't know. I've been going back and forth on some form of retribution against this dope fireball. Because he's a dope. I've been. I looked at his stupid feed, and he's doing these big faces and the sixty-year-old tough guy. Uh, you know, I don't like it. I don't like that he took action against our bill like that. And he had a show across the way from Bill on the other side by James Purse that I went to one day. It was kind of partnered with the one that's happening with ours. And I saw twenty guys crowded crowded around a microphone without any sort of PPE. Hugging and talking to some weird DJ guy. But, I mean, talk about no social distancing. There wasn't a single mask in the goddamn crowd. Do you hear what I'm saying? This, I'm just, I mean, this guy's just... throwing a dangerous show. And now he's got one scheduled for October. He's got it on his Facebook page, Waves and Whatevers. <laughs> Waves and Weenies. I thought but... by now Fireball would have reached out to me personally to clear things up, but there has been no such communication, no communique, and I'm on the verge of declaring war. Zuckerman, oh. your thoughts? Well, I, I like the thought of Fireball versus Ferriston, the two Fs, <laughs> and then we have Farrah and we have Lieberman. We can have a Farrah's fight. already pissed at him. Farrah's already upset with him. That he was like, "What? Who is this guy telling me not to come into Bill's parking lot? This thing is over." You know, it reminds me, though, frequently I get uh, maybe potential clients coming in the office saying, I was at the bar and the bouncer just punched me in the face for no reason at all. No reason. And then you sit with them for a while and then the story kind of comes out. What was really said and what really happened? There's always. So what are you saying? Well, I'm saying. What are your feelings on this matter? Because we could activate our crew to do anything we want. Like have a rumble, meet <laughs> no. over the hill. It, it, uh, that's too ordinary. It, is, it would have to be inspired and fun. It would have to be a, you know, it would have to be. A, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This, I, I think when you take need, a mind, like a, a brain okay. like mine, will be inspired, and I will come I up with a plan. Unless you say I shouldn't do no, that. No, no, no. There's one. This is what we need to do. Somebody fireball must, needs to be extinguished, Zuckerman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You've been waiting for that. Why don't we do this? I have a better idea. I'd like, him, I'd like him to call into the show. We need to arrange a call, and we need to hear from him what Bill said to him. Because Bill, when Bill gets going, and not, not to say <clears> that, that he's wrong about it, he, he probably had a very good reason to not like this car show there. But you know, when he gets going, he really can <laughs> Are unload. You, well, why don't we have Fireball and Bill together? To have it, you know, to go at it. I think we should have one after two separate shows because if they get on it together, there's just going to be a lot of cursing that yes, you're going to have to bleep that's out. That's good, and then we can help get to the bottom and render a judgment. That's a good idea, Zuckerman. Yes, Fireball. If By you're the way, listening. Fireball is a comic artist and does some pretty cool kind of uh, like rock and roll car stuff. He's got a whole thing happening He's, in the film industry. Like he works in the film industry. It's a little old to be called Fireball. You think? I don't know. It would be like, can you imagine me walking up to some young kids in a crowd and saying, call me Fireball? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, sir? Fireball. <laughs> that call would be pretty Fireball. good if we had T-shirts made up that said, I am Fireball, and we all wore them. We're all Fireball. And the Fireball's a bunghole <laughs> on the shirt. <laughs> That's my. What if we like Fireball? What if he becomes part of our crew? That's likely to happen. You and think so? No, but I... <laughs> No, but just saying. Uh, so, I, I like know, that I'm, he's got Zuckerman-like balls and has taken an action. He took a very big action against us, and I res- kind of respect that, that he was there, that he got up, that he, got, he called a landlord. Again, I'm assuming all of this is true. He called the landlord, and he had this shut down. It's pretty good. I kind of admire it, but he doesn't know who he's messing with. And he doesn't know it. Bill is not one to be messed with. Bill really... Uh, <laughs> I don't know where he gets the time for for these things. 
I'm smoking a Romeo and Julietta, and I'm enjoying it, it very much. Like you got a turd shoved in your <clears throat> mouth. You've lit on fire. You it's always disgusting. say that. You know, bring a trailer. Uh, this past week, maybe uh, before sold uh, Steve McQueen's 1952 Chevrolet 3800 pickup with a camper and a Husqvarna uh, CR250. Look at How that second right there. It's gorgeous. I saw it. I know. It was sent to me too late. But I remembered I had seen it before. Didn't you see it at the airport at some time years and years ago? It's, you know, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Like, Bring a Trailer has it up. They're sold for $100,000 on 9-4, the day after my birthday. Um, it's got a plate that says McQueen on it that I guarantee you was not on the truck when he drove it. Um, I believe this was his last truck. That's I kind of remember recall. reading about this before. Yeah, yeah oh, here it is. It was, nope. it was sold at an auction. Probably five or six years ago, I think uh, his uh, Guess what? widow had it. It was sold on Bring a Trailer in 2015. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, bidding fast approaching $100,000, but reserve was not met back in 2015. So look at that. That's five years of time, five years of McQueen appreciation and no appreciation. It sold for what it sold at five years uh, prior what it was bid up to. Your comments, Zuckerman. It didn't have the Husqvarna either. So I'd now you get the motorcycle and... My memory banks will kick in later at 3 in the morning. I, I still think a hundred grand for that. It's, it's not the most McQueeny piece of automobile out there. No, but it does this say that maybe the McQueen uh, ride is over, the McQueen rocket ride, the McQueen auction ride, or is this, was there this was not? A moment, there was a moment a few years back with some of his vehicles uh, that I think was a high point. Will there continue to be peaks and valleys? Sure. But I also, I just don't think that that's a very, I don't know, the piece doesn't excite me. It's got a bed in it and two oh, wooden drawers. Oh boy. I, I kind of remember thinking about this. I kind of remember this being his last thing somehow, or that well, truck he took down to Mexico when there he was, was a, dying. I can't. There was a Chevy. Now nah, there was a regular Chevy pickup. Um, also, it says uh, find it here on eBay. Oh wait, maybe so. Bring a trailer uh, linked to the auction on eBay back then. It was bid up and it wasn't sold. Maybe there was a sale in there, but um, I don't know. I feel like that's all the money. Right? Yeah, 100 grand for an old pickup truck. Come on. Let's talk about uh, our sponsor, Hawthorne. Will, start some Hawthorne cologne music. Yes. Something cologne, something smarmy. Hawthorne. Um, do you have any funny experiences with cologne, Zuckerman? I don't wear cologne, Harrison. <laughs> I don't want to smell men. Are you still wearing polo blue? Is that Dude, your favorite no, cologne? I don't wear cologne. <clears throat> I, I don't see you in be... Sephora all the time buying cologne. Ferrisin, I don't want to smell you. I don't want to smell any other you guy. You know what I used to do? I used to take my dad's Old Spice. I thought when I pulled out that little gray peg out of the top and I would smell it, I'd put the peg on my neck. I Disgusting. thought I was so cool. Well, you're not. Guess you what? I am a Hawthorne fan. I'm a Hawthorne client. You sign up for Hawthorne, they give you a quiz. A Hawthorne quiz. You don't have to pick the scent, Zuckerman. They ask you questions like, on a night out, what are you? Are you a guy that goes to the club, to the bar, to dinner, for coffee, or stay at home and watch Netflix? At the end of this fun quiz that you answer 10 questions, they tell you, this is the cologne for you. And they sent it to me. And as I told you, I put it on. And do you know what happened right away? I walked through I my heard dining the whole room. Story: You were going to get sex from your wife. I don't want to hear I it again. I got sex. I don't want to hear it. It wasn't <laughs> even that. It was, boy, you smell nice. And I was really surprised by that because, like you, I wasn't a cologne guy. But right now, I am a cologne guy. Here's the cool thing about Hawthorne: these guys don't just sell cologne; they sell all of the stuff you need: deodorant, shampoo, body wash, face cleanser, your lotion. The lotion, Zuckerman. The lotion <laughs> you guys got to check them out. I'm a big fan. Check out Hawthorne.com.hotcorn.co. Don't talk during the ad, Zuckerman. I, I've not got that right. Hawthorne.co. Hawthorne.co. You said hot dog. Hawthorne. I wonder what hot dog.com is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you think somebody you, has that? Of course. 
Hawthorne.com. Don't go there. Don't but go, go there. to Hawthorne.co. Use my promo code SPIKE to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Use my code SPIKE to get 10% off your purchase. And know that your friend Spike got sex because of Hawthorne cologne. It worked. They need to send me some ether-based cologne. And then I, I can just what? put it on. I can just put it on a rag and put it over my nose. This is a you know, legitimate question here, Tuckman. Hawthorne, when they reached out to me to sponsor us because they love our show, said, "Do you think Zuckerman would like the products?" And I didn't bother you with it, but I can sign you up for it. Do you want to try it? Yes, I will. I want to answer the. Do tag you want to try sponsor stuff? I don't. I don't usually bother you with that stuff, but I'll send you whatever. You know what? Okay, Blue I'm Chew. Game. I'll send, send you. Send me those. <laughs> I, I, I told you, my dog takes takes Viagra. Really? Yes. Okay, you know the history of Viagra. Viagra was to be a I part- don't know where you're going right now. I just want to tell you something. <clears throat> I okay. want some of the blue chews, and, and <laughs> I want no, no, some of the Hawthorne and the blue chews. I've got to light my Romeo and Juliet. Go and light your Nancy cigar, but Viagra was invented uh, as a heart medication. Mm. And so when they were testing it, they were giving it to these old geezes, see if their hearts would work better and all the old guys had boners they said what a surprise we finally el dorado we've 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 got the city of gold here and they, they realized hair and had a boner then they'd really have something they'd have something and so that's what it's about so my dog buddy who's old he's 13 he's had his bar mitzvah he I has pulmonary it. hypertension a little heart condition and the vet has him taking Viagra tablets. No way. Yes, and it lowers it, it lowers the pressure in his lungs. It's taken down his and pulmonary pressure. And how many pressure. have you snorted? I have not, <laughs> but I, if I knew what the if I knew what the doses were, you're putting them in your little pipe and smoking them. I wish they were blue though, because they, they, he gets white once, and I think it would well, be it hilarious. Well, it begs the question: Does the dog have a reaction? He doesn't have any balls, Ferriston. His thing has <laughs> that not doesn't gotten, matter. His thing hasn't been stiff for the vast majority of his life. So well, this dog here that you see is in that same situation, but sometimes he's so excited to see us, he's excited. That's disgusting. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but not my dog. You're, no. you're, that's what you're saying, but he doesn't have balls. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, so his, he his lipstick around. has not come out, and okay. it hasn't come out since maybe. I'm telling you, it's, I don't even remember it ever, and it's fortunately. But he will hump you if he's in the right mood. I could probably arrange that, yes. No, I don't want it to be arranged. I don't even know what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about um, a car brand um, that I'm most excited about right now. I have to tell you, uh, first of all, thank you, Bentley, for sending me these cars. Um, wow. Those were gorgeous. They're not only gorgeous, Suckerman, but here. <clears throat> I'm on car throttle right now, reading a little story. This is a good throttle story. Your neck. Bentley is going all Porsche with a new, more agile Continental GT. Bentley seems to have had enough of being at the heavy, ponderous end of the Volkswagen Group, so its new, nimbler Continental GT is based on a chassis co-developed with Porsche. I have to tell you, Zuckerman, when I got into this car, and I haven't driven Bentleys for a while, I had desire. The Continental GT is a car I now want. I understand underneath it's a shortened Panamera. If I get this wrong, I'm sorry. You'll let me know. But they have Panamera chassis elements into it. And Porsche has walked into this company and turned the dial on everything to make it perfect. Bentley probably had 91%. Porsche has made this car 100%. From the moment, like you sat down in the the driver's seat and touched that steering wheel, right? What did you say? I, it's it is nine eleven wheel right. It's a nine eleven, except wheel. thicker and it's probably. I have to say the best uh, steering wheel I've had my hands on yet. Well, it's I the same wheel as in our GT two. No, ours is not as thick as this. This whole car, it blew my mind how much I loved it. Let me go over some of the uh, stats, basic stats of it. So uh, very we can pretty. Just get through that stuff. Yeah, it was beluga black. Um, I believe it had a dark red interior. Um, it's just gorgeous. 207 miles an hour maximum speed, 0 to 63.6 seconds. Fast, but fast enough, right? It doesn't have to be faster than that. 3.6 Six, and 207 is plenty yeah, fast. Yeah, 626 uh, brake horsepower. Uh, max torque, 900. 
newton meters of torque jesus it is so bloody quiet in there i i had to ask the kids who were already talking kind of softly to talk even more softly i felt so protected and womb-like in this thing which i think is what bentley sells and already had right was that quietness but the way this the smoothness of how this car drives the way it looked it won with me all over the place all over the place suckerman did i let you drive it you did not i took the other one. Oh, the flying spur that's correct now the flying spur <clears throat> It's the, it's got that same build quality inside and out. Like it really feels special. Vault like. Yeah, when you're in it, you feel special. It drives special. A much bigger back seat, obviously, in the Flying Spur, and it it's uh, a little too much for a guy driving by himself. However, I took Erica and the kids out to dinner in the Palisades to a little hamburger place in that car, and it was a it was just memorable. It was memorable. Right. The same way I remember being at a hotel a few years ago and they had a Bentley that met us in the lobby and drove us to the room we were in. They thought it would be fun. They knew I was a car guy here. We're going to drive you there. And I remember that drive this this drive with everybody in it and the massage seats on. We had so much fun in the car. The Flying Spur is that car that uh, you'd want to be driven in those. Uh, you'd want to have that driver taking you around. And it's it's its own wonderful thing. I just don't have use for that in my life. But I guess what I'm saying in here is I love this like company now. I love this, this company. Is what, this is what Cadillac was supposed to be. If you took yes. the, that Eldorado Brome from way back, the standard of the world is they used to call themselves. This is what they should be. They're not. <laughs> they're not even close. But right. that's what this is, the standard of the world right now i don't have all the paper on what these things cost but they should be bought i mean look at this silver <laughs> look at the silver That's one a, right here look at that they really thing. nailed and what i like about this new continental gt is is that they did not go too far with the update but it's subtle it's visible and it works well it's an improvement over the original continental gt Would do you, you remember when we saw them up in monterey yeah, we all stopped. They had the con- they, they had the, cab- the cabriolets convertible versions, and we were standing with Jerry at the Spanish Bay, and we all went, "Oh!" And they had six of them. They had some sort of journalist ride, and that's where this begets. Where we, you know, Jerry was like, "You got to get one of those, drive them." I've been waiting since for a year. Thanks to Johnny Lieberman hooking me up with Aaron, I think over there, I finally got to drive it. But I want more wheel time. It was too short. Um, let would me f- you actually? Would you want one? Full oh, yeah. time. Okay, so it stickers at two hundred. So two fifty all in. Yeah, um, the flying spur I drove uh, just had a great name, cricket ball, which is like a burgundy with a cricket ball interior. The interiors are beautiful. The stitching in them, I it really appealed to me in this neighborhood we're in right now. I thought it was really fun. You've it, arrived. It was it was uh, Swiggins and Peabody ish. Very right? much so. <laughs> Very much so. Swiggins. They did have. Bring the flying spur around. No, yes. um, that Swiggins. See, this is something that happened. We were talking about it on Instagram. Who is their uh, manservant? Is that Wong? Who who do they boss around, those guys? Mm. We need a classic butler name. We'll have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's Alfred. Jenkins. There's, uh, these are all literary butlers. Wong was one I remember reading Jeeves, about. Jeeves, of course. Jeeves, of course. But who do they have? They'd be in Massachusetts. They're in Rhode Island in their Bentley. <laughs> we'll well have it, to think of that. I will, the textures inside, they, they did a really nice job with textures, even surfaces that normally would be smooth. They almost had like a textured diamond pattern, Ferris said, that right. I thought was a very, very nice detail. And uh, one of the, you know, the, they call those puddle lights when you open up the door, and right. it shines the emblem. Right. It, we all noticed the crispest uh, puddle light that we've really? seen this for. Yeah, it's like a laser light thing. And inside, I mean, that little presentation is uh, fantastic. Like, I can't think of a cooler car to be blasting around in Hollywood in. Right. The butler's name is Lewis, by the way. Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> yes. I don't like Lewis. You I know? think it should be. I mean, Swiggins Lewis. and Peabody are, you know, how about Riff Raff? <laughs> <laughs> how about Edmund? No, that's too nice. Niles? Carson? No. 
What would be a good... Uh, lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Fetch the call, Lumpy. Nippy. I'm watching Nips. The Vow on uh, HBO, and there's a guy named Nippy. Nippy! <laughs> <laughs> Nippy. I like, I like that people have already asked these questions. I'm Googling it right now. What are good butler names? Oh, you have your choice. There's Benson, we've heard, Max, Wadsworth, Jarvis. I like Jarvis. Jarvis is good. Jarvis! Bring back the uh, bring by the flying spur. Why don't we just call our butler Gerard? <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler. People is want our butler. us to do a Peabody and uh, Swiggins show. That'd be a lot That's of work. Right, a lot of work. You'd have to get, you'd get your pencil out. So would you? Would you drive around in one? I like would. I think that it's it's a funny kind of a car in L.A. When you're car guy like us, and I don't know about the rest of the country. I don't. I assume they don't see too many Bentleys there, but it is pretty ubiquitous in our region of LA you see a lot of Bentley Continental GTs and it's the wealthy car guys choice it's it's a it's how would you describe where it slots it's not the sporting guy we're the sporting guy in the Porsches right yeah and we're not Lamborghini guys there's a kind of guy that's a Lamborghini guy and there's a kind of guy that's a Ferrari guy and then there's the uninspired doctors who get very nice Benzes um very well-equipped S-classes that kind of a thing who gets this car um, somebody who wants something that can be fast, but also rides quietly and smoothly. It really is one of those everything cars. You could do a lot with it, it unless you needed to put somebody in the back seat. Because any anything bigger than kids, it's not going to work. <laughs> I found myself really loving it. It really kind of it's an ego stroke. Okay, it do really car is guys, an ego stroke. Do car guys look at you? <clears throat> um, women look at you a lot. Really, what do they see? Do their eyes go ding, ding, ding with dollar signs? No, but signs? people, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a check-me-out mobile, right? But I found myself, at least in the black and, you know, in all black spec, black wheels, I found myself kind of comfortable with it. It could slip in without being noticed much. The grill is a little bit of an issue. People don't like the big grill. I love it. I think as long as the colors aren't so ostentatious, it's an amazing choice, and it's fun if you want something fun to take out to dinner. Coupe or cabriolet? Oh, um, definitely the coupe. I don't, you know, cabs. That that might be too much. They were going to send a cricket ball over uh, cabriolet. <laughs> that would have been that would have been very ostentatious. I believe it had a white interior with red piping on it. Oh boy, gopher! Hey, go! He's been eaten by coyotes. Yeah, you got to stay here, Gopher. You're going to get eaten. You're going to say hi. He's sniffing the mic. They're they're out there. There's an eagle that's trying to get him, a big hawk. I took my uh, Shiba Inu on the golf cart today, and at 22 miles an hour, he saw a rabbit and automatically, (laughs) automatically, with no hesitation, jumped overboard. How much did he roll? He rolled a lot. Uh, I locked up the tires. He was he was rolling okay? down Doom Drive. He's surprisingly okay. <laughs> he did hide under the bed for a while. He did, but it was concussion. So, it was so automatic first, and he saw the rabbit, and he was gone. That's what I love about dogs. I'm looking at more. Um, how many? How about bracket? No. What is Bracken? As a no, Cogsworth. <laughs> Cogsworth. I like Gerard. Fetch me my returns. Gerard. Gerard. Lewis or Gerard? It's, Gerard Butler. Well, it's Perfect. Swiggins and Peabody, and they, they're, they're, their guy should have a lesser name, right? You Those guys would be racist for sure, right? Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I no, won't I'm, go there, but let's, we let's not be, kid ourselves. Swiggins and Peabody are racist guys living in Rhode Island. They talk about filthy Jews, Ferriston. <laughs> yes, Don't they do. Filthy Jews but ask they, me to get in the club again, Ferriston. <laughs> Can you imagine the audacity of them? Right. Yes. They have their own places. Plimpton. No, Plimpton seems like that would be one of their friends. Riff Raff is too inspired for those guys. Um... Smithers, Stephen Stokes. Stokes is pretty good. Stokes. Stokes is not bad. Elroy. So Wong was a butler in the Marvel uh, comics Doctor Strange. That's where I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I know. But yeah, but Asian racism doesn't go very far these days, Ferris, and it's 2020. But that's Swiggins and Peabody. Yes. That has nothing to do with us. 
Um, <laughs> those guys, like I said, these are characters and they are racist. <laughs> they have nothing to do with us. They, they only emanate zero. from our imaginations. <laughs> Other than that, nothing I to do with us. I saw a good one a second ago. Oh, let me see. Well, we're going to keep thinking about who these guys should be. I would, you know, it would be so much fun to have them on the show. I tried to watch Zero 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 last night, and yeah. I was locked out of Amazon Prime. And you know what I watched? Always be my maybe the Ali Wong movie. Oh my God, Ferris! No, it was awful, awful. Oh, God, garbage. No, you would probably like it. I don't but, watch no. that much comedy. It's Ugh. weird. I, I write it, but I don't like to watch it. Every um, comic cliche that's it, it's it was just one cliche built upon another. <clears throat> I heard that did good. pretty damn good. Of course it did. She was also well, not a- everybody can you know. Not everyone's a winner. She's a, okay <laughs> now, Ferrison. She was. A, she got a credit as a writer and a producer and a star. Ali Wong. Movie. Yeah, she yeah, got. She pre- is. That's a lot of credits in a movie, <clears throat> wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, but she probably she's a writer. She's a writer and a performer. She's a writer performer. And she got I the do producer. She got producer. Yeah, of course. As well. If you're not a producer, you got to keep control. Now you don't have to take those credits. But you want to have them so when you're you come on a set, you don't you know get stepped on by some schmo like uh, like Swiggins <laughs> who thinks he knows better with his camera, and then ruins your thing. You know what I mean? So you need a you need a producer credit. But you're right. There is you know there are moments where you don't have to do that. On my late night show, I did take a writer credit because I am a writer. I did take a producer credit, and I did take a starring credit, I think. Oh. So but I did eliminate a few other ones, but I did a bunch of jobs. There you go. So now that's why you, That's why you kind of do it, yeah. It shows that she's something more than just an actress. So it, she's... She's she a writer, producer. Plumped up her resume. She's a funny... She's a very talented person. I yeah. know. This movie was... This movie didn't hit, though. But yeah, I, that happens. But I if mean, you're comedy's hard. If you're in the mood for zero, 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 <laughs> Ali Wong's romantic That's comedy is, the not, wrong thing is to watch. not gonna really fly. No, I'm going back now and watching Waco, um, which was it was great, which I missed on Paramount Network. Um, my buddy developed that over there, and I never saw it, and I'm watching it now. It was fantastic. Really wonderful. Lots of Lots that I did not know about Ruby Ridge. How the government uh, fucked that up, and, they, have and they, how woo-hoo. they may have fucked uh, Waco up too. Um, they fucked so that, both of those up. Yeah, it was it was rough. Um, it was not a good time for Janet <clears throat> Reno. No, she was in. Yeah, they had a scene with Janet Reno, but it was not a good time for the ATF. I think is what was really happening there. It was you know they were they were just shooting first, asking questions later. <laughs> Sniper takes out a wife. Come on, um, but that's good. It's still a great production. Um, there's something else. Uh, there's something else good. Oh, the boy, Seth Rogen's deal on Amazon is really awesome, really out there and fun. Those are the rogue superheroes, right? right? That's that's what one or two years old. Is that a new? No, uh, se- second season just posted. It's awesome. It's really great. Hmm. You're looking at yeah. <laughs> I will look because I'm not interested in seeing that pickle movie. What's the pickle movie? You know the guy. Uh, oh, that was good. That inspired me to write a movie uh, that I'm working on right now. It's good. But wait a second. The Pickle movie. The Pickle movie's good. That was Rogan too, right? Yeah. And that's... Uh, but, I'm a big fan. And and what <clears throat> is the movie called? It's not the Pickle movie. Uh, let's call it the Pickle movie. Tickle My Pickle. Tickle Very. My Pickles with Seth Rogen <laughs> is excellent. Tickle My Pickle until it's, it's going to trickle. <laughs> yes. He never really named it, but it's the Pickle movie, and it's fine. Um. Anyway. This is fun, Zuckerman. Well, so I'm very Monday relaxed. Night. It's Monday night, a long weekend. I'm almost too relaxed for this show. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm the one who's kind of rankled. No, I'm not rankled whatsoever. No, I, I am. I'd rather be rankled. I enjoy doing a show more when I've got something to complain about, and I really have nothing to complain about. The heat wave here was, was for the listeners, we don't have a lot to complain about in L.A. No. But... Yesterday was it was 105 here, 110. Up over the hill there, it was easily 105, 110. Yeah, I was driving last night at five o'clock. I went up Ensenal, and I got halfway up Ensenal. It was 113 degrees, Ferrison. Mm. Well, you know the record we sent. We set a record in L.A. for the hottest day ever. Really, 115, 121. Where Woodland Hills. 
That's where, that's the other yeah. thing we were talking about with Bill. A hundred and twenty-one, dude. That's that's rough. climate change isn't real. It's a hoax. Hmm. It's a hoax, and unless you're in Woodland Hills and your air conditioning's gone on, gone off, and then it's very fucking real. Yeah, that was wild. It's a record, huh? Yeah, hottest stay ever in L.A. And what about Death Valley? What is that? What is that? Well, get? I'm talking about Los Angeles. I know. Death well, Valley, I'm just I asking think, if you knew that. I think Ferris those are one. Don't you know anything? One thirties. They're up there in one thirties, right? I can tell you if you really want to know. If you were outside what? of Woodland Hills, would you die? Well. Didn't it feel like we were all almost dying? Yeah, it did. It was so hot, I still didn't not smoke a cigar. I still smoked a cigar in the middle of it. That's disgusting. It's horrible. But it cooled off quickly, thank God. Let's say, okay, hottest day. CA. It's hard to type with a cigar in my hand. In California, here it is. On record. <laughs> oh, wait, that 121 came up. That right hottest day in california okay ever in california is 134 there it is uh furnace creek in death valley not too far off though dude not too far off here woodland hills take so we can peabody can go have <laughs> go have a picnic in furnace in furnace creek oh my eyebrows are on fire they spontaneously combusted peabody look get the extinguisher <laughs> My watercress sandwich is <laughs> on fire. <laughs> I feel this is the end, Peabody. I feel I feel that it's over. <laughs> Get the trust ready. <laughs> well, let's uh Let's say goodbye to everybody and bring out our guest. I had a really good conversation with Frankie Perez. I really like this guy. Um, you would really like him. I've invited him to come out and hang with us in Malibu. Uh, I must meet him. And you, he's he... one of these guys. He's that you, you instantly like what he's doing is really cool. The bike they've built for him is really cool. You got to check it out. Go to Takati's website, Frankie Perez, and they have a series of shorts. So they're doing it as you know promotion. He's making these little films, but they're two minutes long, and they're so cool. And it's him on the road. It's him playing for you know health workers, and he's the guy's just a good dude. And he's like okay. he's one of us. I want right? to meet him for sure. Particularly, I'm a big Alice in Chains fan. What a story that band was was very much early '90s for me. And of course, the history of the founding lead singer is such a tragic story in fact i think yeah. it was the anniversary of his death within the past few weeks or he's or a solo so. artist too his new album suddenly 44 it's uh i think we're gonna play i think we're gonna play uh the beginning of episode one so you can get a sense of that right now and then after that uh it'll be me and our new interface uh with frankie perez this new uh, uh zencaster i'm using oh. it's called which to limited success but i've well, now learned that there's a way to do Zoom better, and I'm going to try that with the next one. Well, Here, when you, when you've got it, man, I would like to. Yeah, no, meet we'll some have of you these there. people now. Frankie Perez, but that this one came up like last minute, and I just turned on the the, the computer and I just did it because you know I love Ducati right now. <laughs> I'm in love with them. They've got me on that uh, that uh, Dia Diavol twelve sixty S, which uh, which I love. Mm. Street Fighter B4S, which I love. These things that they're making, I love, and uh, they're owned by the Volkswagen Group. Is what I'm hearing. Do you see what's happening? Do you see? Do you see how organic that is, Zuckerman? Yep. Everything that, that, is the VW the Bentley, Group. Ducati. Bentley. I started driving. I, you know, I didn't quite put it together uh, before I knew I liked what I was looking at. Before I knew it, it was because of the Volkswagen uh, Porsche connection. These Ducatis, I'm right. I'm like, what is it about this thing that makes me love it now? And it's it's because it's in this family of things that right. I love, and these guys know how to engineer things that we so love. So, Ferrison, if we if there was just going to be one automaking group that survives this <laughs> apocalypse, Fiat Chrysler, which I think has part of, yeah. say Ferrari or VW Audi, Maserati, they yeah. have Ferrari too. Yeah, at a certain point they did, but I don't think I think Ferrari is essentially independent. <clears throat> uh, but uh, yeah, who would you take? Oh, it's the Volkswagen Group. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. All right, let's just bring on our friend uh, Frankie Perez. Here he is. Everybody, Frankie Perez here. 
You're here in my hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada, on day one of the Crossing the Great Divide tour. Going from here, Las Vegas, LA, and then all the way across to New York. Come along, we're gonna have a great time. Rise up. We just left the Vegas sign, and uh, we're about to reset the odometer on the bikes and start our trip. Part of the purpose of this trip was I wanted to visit venues and bars and clubs that were primarily living off of live entertainment. Just outside of LA, um, headed to the Viper Room, dripping sweat, almost ran out of gas. So excited to get there. Hey everybody, my uh, friends at the Viper Room and Tommy Black were kind enough to open the doors for us and uh, let us shoot a little bit in here. I am 44 years old. I started playing this place when I was 18 years old, so it's a staple in my life. We all gotta lay, lay low and hunker down till yeah. we figure out what's going on with all this. But you're hanging on, right? Viper's coming back. Yeah, we're coming back. Right on, man. That was episode one on Ducati's website, New Bracelets, uh, that you just heard. And uh, I'm on the Zencaster phone. I don't even know what this technology is with Frankie <laughs> Perez himself. Frankie, how are you, man? Pretty good, Spike. How you doing, man? Now, where where are we catching up with you? I am back at home in Las Vegas, Nevada, enjoying some mid-90s uh, temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the whole tour is over now. You've done the whole tour. I've done the whole tour. Well, this is, uh, I'm holding in quotes, volume one. We're actually going back out again in October and doing the lower half of the United States. But yeah, the first the first run is done. Wow. Well, this is, I can't wait to talk to you about this because, you know, for a couple <laughs> reasons. One, I, you know, I'm a rock aficionado. I went to Berkeley College of Music. I'm a guitar player. I'm looking Love at it. some of the bands you played with, ZZ Top. Also, yeah. some car guys there. Allison Chains, Stone Temple yeah. Pilots. These are these are my people. Jason Bonham, yeah, playing. Yeah. You know, you're my kind of guitarist. Um, <laughs> now, and I've just got off uh, a demoing the Multistrada 950 for Ducati. So they they called up and they said, "Hey, look, look what we've done here with this guy." This this carbon fiber attachment to the Multistrada, the guitar case. Let's start there. Is that something? You, did you Go design ahead. that, or did they design no. it, or did you do it together? No, we did it together, and it's it's so killer, man. So uh, so Jason, the CEO of Ducati uh, North America, and myself, we we've, we've been friends for a long time, and and like you, he's he's uh, you know a musician and a huge fan of rock and roll, and and we just. We talk shop all the time about music. So when the whole idea came to do this tour, we're like, well, I mean, I'm not strapping a, you know, a guitar to my back, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and basically create a wind sail. Um, so we both started doing a little research and he found, um, he found this guy, Jeff Hoffey, um, out of uh, Joliet that did, that does, uh, that makes these carbon fiber custom cases for like really high end guitars. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just a no brainer. It's just the, the look of the, of the GT of the multi-shot of GT and his cases was just perfect. So, but the thing is there was no, there was no mount. This is something we dreamt up, you know right. what I mean? So we, we figured we do one thing at a time. We got the case. Um, it, uh, it, we got the case custom built for my Martin. They sent it out. And then I'm a good friend of uh, Danny Coker from Counting Cars here in Las Vegas. Um, and he, and I gave him a ring. I was like, dude, I got to figure out a way to get this this case on the side of this bike. And, you know, not only does it have to be safe, but it's got to look good too, you know. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, he's known for customizing cars and bikes and that's his thing. And, and he's a friend and he wanted it to be safe. So they basically took an existing rack um, from, from one of, uh, uh, Ducati's panniers and they modified it and they were able to, um, attach, create a mount that attached the case to the bike and with a lock where I'm able to actually take it on and off, uh, when we stop. Right. So it's dude, it, it's, it was a fixture. It's completely safe. It was, it was part of the bike. I didn't even feel it was there. There were times no, that you know, it, we didn't it looks cool. I mean, I'm looking bad. at it like so. You, on the on the right side, on your throttle side, you've got a rec regular storage, right? Right, exactly. And on this one, we, if if you listeners, you you can go to Ducati and you can check it out. But if you can't find it, 
the guitar, the base of the guitar is mounted against the seat, and then the neck of the guitar juts out back. You're dead. <laughs> right? Almost like and a pipe. I, I like a pipe, right. And I'm looking at the photo. The guitar case is open, and the guitar hangs in the case even with the guitar case uh, top open. So yeah. it, also the guitar is held in place inside that case exactly exactly but but it's it's just it was such a great fit they, they build those cases so well yeah that it's just the way it fit in there like i could even off the bike i could open that thing up and the guitar and the guitar won't, won't, won't fall out <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's super cool so you started this thing in las vegas yeah. where you uh i guess grew up you you Hello, round it out you. oh you have me now i got you yep go ahead okay good you started in las vegas do you, you grew up there Born and raised in Las Vegas, man. Uh, and you cruised and, in through L.A., so through the yeah. desert on this thing. Yeah, which was probably <laughs> the most brutal part, man. <laughs> because there was a very horrible heat wave, I think, when you started this thing, right? Uh, so oh, what, man. What were the temperatures in the desert there? Um, we reached over over 115. Oh, man. Yeah, and, uh, and the thing is, you know, it's it, – I'm a singer. I've been a rock band. Sometimes it's fashion before functions. I was like, yeah, let's go in full leathers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's 115 degrees. The bikes, you know, basically running at over 200 degrees. It wow. was, it was gnarly. That, that run, that first. So I, I've been making that run. I'm 44 years old. I've been making that run since I was 18 years old, back and forth to LA to play gigs. And I can make that, you know, I can make that in three and a half, four hours, right. On a regular day. Um, but because of the heat and it was so brutal, man, it took us almost seven hours to get from Vegas to LA because we had to continue. To, it was a mid July, you know, we had to, right, right. to pull over and hydrate, you know? So the entire trip, it literally the day one was the hardest one. <laughs> well, well that, but this is what that bike is made for. It's an adventure bike and you're having this adventure. Like, were you using cruise control on, on the way in? A I lot. mean, what were some of the features of the bike you're using in that situation? Well, you know, it's, it's great. The, I basically only, I only took it out of touring mode in Detroit. Cause I was with some other riders and they were, and they were like, you know, it was a late night ride. We kind of hit the city like at midnight and these guys were whipping in and out of traffic. And I was like, all right, let, let, let me show them what I got. And I, I, threw it in the, I threw it in the sport mode with the full case hanging off the side. And just like, you know, but um, I barely took it out of touring mode and, and I used cruise control the entire time. And I, a majority of the, you know, cause you're on these long stretches, you know, you're on I-80 at times you're, it's hours, you know, between, between Phillips between Philip, mm -hmm. so I, it was. Uh, I just leave it on 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 uh, on cruise. But the bike, you're exactly right, man. It's I, and I'm not just saying this, man. And they've been so good to me. But it's the I've ridden and owned a lot of motorcycles. This bike was. I was literally texting Jason the entire time. This is probably one of the most amazing machines I've ever ridden because what I put that bike through and what it gave back was incredible, man. Uh, the, I, I love the, the riding position, the power to get out of trouble if I needed to. Um, uh, the, the fact that I look down in the middle of the desert and it's over 200 miles and it's like 230 degrees and it's just muscling through and just giving me more and more. It was a killer bike. Wow. It is a killer bike. And so, I mean, what are, are, do you have a crew trailing you? Is there a truck or something behind you? No, or, man, we did it. We did a gorilla style, man. My, uh, my cameraman was on uh, a multi as well. Just me and one guy. And he no was, way. yeah. And he was, he did an incredible job. His name is, uh, his name is Sam Schneider. And he, he did an incredible, he was riding a multi as well. Uh, and, and he basically was just had cameras hanging off and, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he killed it. He did a great job. And what, you know, what did you learn? I mean, what are some of the things that you encounter on these drives? Cause I, well, I mean, so, I mean, driving across the country like that on a motorcycle, you know, first you know, of all, man, just the danger of being that much exposure on a motorcycle, right? right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what, what are, you know, whenever you, I talk to someone who's done a road trip like that, car, motorcycle, or truck, there's always these strange stories that come from the road. 
yeah. the night the two by four was kicked up and went right through my windshield and missed me by two inches or a body on the side of the road or an eagle eating a deer. What are some of the things that you saw on the roads of America? Yeah, man. I, you know, it's, I, I gotta say it, it's so tough. You ride and it's like, you know, sometimes you, you're telling people like you're so passionate about a road trip or be on the road that you almost like I could be overbearing about it. But right. and it's like and I could be actually so cliche at times, but it's there's nothing like I've been in a tour bus my entire life. Right. And I've, and I've crossed the country many different ways and nothing compares to being on a motorcycle on the highway. It's like you feel it, you smell it, you can taste it. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's 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 the ultimate connection to the country and to the road. Um, as far as like experience, man, we had I, I had a near miss like day day three, and it was a huge lesson. And it's and it's and I've been riding like I said all my life, and I and I never I never experienced it. You know, you you ride you're on the road and you see you see tire tread on the road all the time. You know, I mean, right. from these trucks spitting out tire tread, but uh-huh. you know, on your, on your car, sometimes you can't avoid it. You, you know, you go right over it or, you know, I've never been next to a blowout and it was like day two or three, I'm probably doing about 85, uh, cruise control, you know, basically like one hand on the, on the, on the, on, on the, on the throttle, other like in my lap, just kind of chill, enjoying the, enjoying the scenery and a truck that was on my right. We're probably traveling 80, 85. He, he, he lost his tire. Basically the tread came out and that's metal tread, you know, and it came out right in front of me and was coming at me. And I was able to, to, to get out of the way of it. But then the shrapnel, it was like, (laughs) dude, I I couldn't imagine being shot at. It was hitting me everywhere. Like really, I had welts all over my body and I'm geared up, dude. I mean, yeah. leathers and the whole deal. I'm geared up and like. But you've also sweat. got a little bit of a fairing and a small windshield that, as I recall, kind of is just about as high as your eye line, right? So it where the shrapnel's hitting you from the side? It's hitting me dead on. It's hitting me from everywhere because it's like it's because the, the the truck is still ahead of me, right. so it's okay. it's flying across the road and at me. So it hit me oh, in Jesus. my dude. It hit me in my neck. You know, like the only place not covered, like my neck. But if I would have hit that 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 tire tread dead on, you know, that would have been that would have been that would have been the jump. Yeah. So that was that was some of the gnarlier stuff, you know. But you know, but then some of the more surreal and and cool things was actually like on the last day, and to pull into New York, you know, to New York City and go into Times Square, and it was like that opening scene. In uh, in Vanilla Sky, where the city's just empty, you right, know. What I mean, like, right. you gotta remember, we went, we're still for the most <laughs> part. New York was, you know, is locked down in a sense. Yeah. So Times Square was empty. And I have a shot. One of the pictures is is uh, my bike is parked on the sidewalk in Times Square, and it's like, w- when could you have gotten away with that? <laughs> you know. Right. No, <laughs> like, I know. A year ago. You so can't. that was pretty surreal and amazing. <clears throat> And and uh, so, what did you learn? You went around to a lot of these clubs. Where did you stop in LA? Which club was it? The Viper, which I've been playing <clears throat> since oh, yeah, I was a Viper. Kid. Right. Yeah, man, which I've been playing since I was a kid. And uh, how does a kid get into the Viper room to play? Like, how old were you? Eighteen. So you I walked wasn't even in. Twenty-one. Yeah, you basically booked the gig. As long as you're not bellied up to the bar, they'll let you play. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you do in that? You're eighteen years old. You come in from Las Vegas with your guitar and you say, I want to play. That's right. what you did? Well, I had and, and I was I said, in a band. Sure. What's that? Yeah. I was in a band at the time. It was a band mm-hmm. called Malfunction out of Orange County. And they and I had this really like overzealous, great drummer that did all our bookings and he booked it and he probably failed to tell them that their lead singer was eighteen years old. <laughs> wow. I, and, I'm always impressed with that stuff. It just seems so impossible to break into rooms like that at this point, but yeah, your drummer yeah. does it, and 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 he just called up, or he gave them a tape, or something, or it was an open band night. Or no, back then it was cassette, man. He probably, if I, you know, he probably put a Manila envelope together with like an eight, <laughs> with like an eight by ten, a terrible bio, right? All the bands we yep. like been around, a uh, cassette tape with like three songs on it, and, uh-huh. and you know, and he probably mailed it with a stamp. 
you know, and then <clears throat> followed up and called a million times until someone gave him the gig. And then do you remember what happened that night? Was there an audience there? <laughs> Did people yeah, show up? Yeah, because we brought um, – I was living – I was living – so I was just out of high school and I moved I moved to uh, – this is actually funny. I moved to Costa Mesa, California because I looked on the map, right, and I didn't read the legend correctly. And so back then we looked at maps. You know, and I was like, right. And to me, on the map, it was a fingernail away from Hollywood. I was like, ah, oh, that's not that far. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but exactly. then you, know, you, you don't take into account the 405. <laughs> yes. No, many rock stars are down in Costa Mesa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very, it's a little artist community like Laurel Canyon. <laughs> right, right. So, so we Neil just brought up whatever little fans we had, friends we right. had from Costa Mesa, and we, everyone made the pilgrimage up to the Viper Room. And, it's a small room. We packed it. I remember that being a killer. It's so I felt, fun. I felt yeah. I had made it. <laughs> no, I know. Whenever you do that, I remember playing the Rat Skeller in Boston with my oh, roommate's right band, Pat Durkin and the Seagram Seven. It's like we play guitar. He was like a, uh, it, it's like a Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen knockoff band. That is amazing. The and Seagram I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come play. I, I'm not sure I like that music, but I'll I'll play. It'll be fun. And I, I remember doing a jump on stage and my Stratocaster in the first song, just, you know, total freak accident, hits me in the nose. Oh. <laughs> my, the body of my guitar and my nose is bleeding for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is not this is not the life I imagined for myself. <laughs> that sounds like a mud vein show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, I know what you mean. You feel like, wow, this is it. You know, here I am at this, you know, this famous rock venue. Yeah. But then the moment doesn't exactly play out for me, at least the way it played out for you. Yeah. Um, so do you ride in your normal life? Do you have motorcycles in your normal life? I do. Uh, like, uh, it was funny today as I, you know, as I was getting ready for, to, to talk to you, I was kind of doing this reminiscing, thinking about all the bikes I've owned and, 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 uh, yes, I do ride, um, in my garage right now I have an, a, a uh, an old Russian Ural, which is basically oh, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, a 40s uh, BMW. But I started, I think I bought my first bike at a literally a pawn shop in Las Vegas. And it was a, uh, it was a, an Els Honda Elsinore, the 250, yeah. two stroke. Mm -hmm. And then since then I've had, you know, numerous bikes. I had a 42 ish because it, it was it was a Frankenstein bike knucklehead, which if I had now, man, I, I wish I still had that. Right. Um, uh, bought seventy six Bonneville. Bought it because of the year I was born, a T one forty. Ridden great bike. Quite a bit. Uh, uh, ridden quite a few Ducatis. Um, I see that you uh, you rode the V four, dude. How was that? Yeah, yeah, that's so far my favorite. I'm going through the whole Ducati portfolio, right <laughs> and um, that so far is my favorite. But I'm really vibing with the brand. I, I can't believe how much I like these bikes, and I'm not sure why I haven't gotten on them um, sooner. <clears throat> and yeah. I've got one coming in the next day or so. The the Diaval, this gigantic dragster of a deal, and yeah, it's all the it's all good. What's that? The, are you talking about the X Diablo? Is that one? That was that. What's coming your way? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let me look yeah, and that's, see. A, that's a great. I wrote. I wrote a that big bike. fat. Yeah, that's exactly what's coming. Yeah. I really want to just try the Pentagale. Yeah, look at that thing, boy. That really looks like a. a you know, years ago I had a Yamaha V Max that I almost yeah. died on every uh, <laughs> every time I took it to work through Laurel Canyon. Oh um, man, I would commute to work on it. And if the water or the road had any water on it, that would be it. I just go yeah. sliding around it. But, but I kind of miss that power. And this there's so many like potholes that on that road, man. That yeah. hill, it's like, you would think they'd figure that out. <laughs> but I was doing it so much because we were working in the Valley. I was going seven days a week that I, yeah. we used to have bets that we could drive that road with our eyes closed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and occasionally try yeah. the turns. Yeah. And uh, more than once I uh, hit some slippery, slippery uh, black ice and spun my car you, you know you know what i did once on that road and on uh, on that hill and i'll never do it again and it doesn't and it, it's literally it felt less safe than than headed you know 85 miles per hour into tire tread was i took a vespa over the hill oh my god <laughs> and it's yeah. like 
I took my sister's Vespa over the hill just to get over to the valley and all those potholes and the water. It's like, that's a, that's a dangerous little road. It's man. super dangerous. It really is. But you know, I loved it. I mean, again, yeah. I was coming from New York and you know, just uh, the idea that I could drive to work was so exciting to me that I didn't right, have to right, get on yeah. the subway imagine. with people shooting up and I could get in a car <laughs> and occasionally I'd see my, my buddies who I was going to work with and we'd be racing up the canyon in cars and life was good. I remember That's that awesome. car, the first one I had, there was a Cougar XR7, a 68 Cougar XR7 with a wow. top that had no fabric on it. <laughs> it was just a $4,000 car I bought. It couldn't have been happier. I was the happiest guy in the world. That's um, funny. Let's get back to this. You rode 4,000 plus miles on this yep. Multistrada 1260 GT. <clears throat> um, there's an eight-part video series you guys can check out on Ducati.com. The videos are, are quite short, right? They're only a couple of minutes long each. Yeah, two to three minutes. Some are even a little shorter. Yeah. Right. Um, performing free outdoor concerts um, for the health workers. Um, yeah. where would you do those where, and how did the word, how did you put the word out for that? Um, so before I'd left town, I've been working with the, the people over at the capital funding group. They, they own, they own thousands of, uh, of healthcare facilities around the country. And, um, and I was do I had, I had actually played at some of the facilities here in Vegas and this whole thing, the whole the crossing the Great Divide tour, it, it, it all it all happened so honest and, and, or, and organic that it, all the right things happened. So I was talking to those guys over there. I'd just done a show for some healthcare workers here in town. And I was telling them I was leaving. They're like, dude, you know we own facilities all over the country, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you do? And they basically lined up a few, basically a key, a few key uh, um, markets and, and, and um, facilities. And they were just waiting for us. We'd roll in and they was completely like, you know, we were being very cautious of, of, of the social distancing and all, and all of the, mm-hmm. uh, of all of the things that you have to do. Basically we, we, we were tested and they would check our, our, our temperatures, the whole deal. And we'd go in and we'd play for, um, the staff and, and the, uh, and the patients or the, the, uh, the residents and, those were, to be honest with you, Spike, like some of the probably the most rewarding things of the entire of the entire trip because those workers worked straight through the entire pandemic. They never got right, a break. Right. You know, we're right. you know we're complaining that we're at home and that there's nothing else to watch on Netflix, and they were actually going to work and risking their lives every day. Yeah. And and in some t- and at some points they were there with these people in their final moments when their families couldn't be. So you pull into these into these facilities and and, and they they actually some of these poor workers looked war torn on the things they'd seen, you know? Right. Right. So the fact that I was able to just bring a little bit of light, you know, be of service and bring a little bit of light to their lives for, you know, 30 minutes, it, it was, that was probably the, some of the best parts of the trip. Yeah. Now, so you would go inside. I mean, did you have to get masked up? Were you singing through a mask? I get masked up, I masked up and, and sing from a distance and sing from right. a distance where we were allowed in. Like some of right, them, they right. were like, they, you know, and we didn't push it. Like that was, we were completely yeah, at their, whatever they wanted us to do. But the few that we did go in, it was, you know, they would check our temperature. They would do a questionnaire and make sure that we hadn't been exposed. We'd wear masks. We'd stand from a distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and it was successful, man. I We were able to make it the entire trip with, you know, without um, contracting ending the virus. Up in the hospital. Yeah. yeah or in getting it. in an accident. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thank it's God. amazing. Those, you know, I come from a family of healthcare workers, doctors and nurses, and, you know, they're well, selfless humans. They, they're, they're there like soldiers, like in the military, just every day it. kind of going in there with a single mission, right? That's it. <clears throat> and it's, a, you know, an amazing thing that you've done here and put it together. And, uh, you know, you're my favorite kind of guest. You've brought the entertainment world and the automotive motorcycle world together. Awesome. Man. <laughs> That's exactly what I like to do. This is, you know, sometimes my listeners are like, "Why do you have? Why are there people from entertainment on your show? It's got to be about cars." And, it's like, well, that's well, not that's not what we're about here. There are lots of us in entertainment that like these cars and things, and that's what Spike's Car Radio does. Are you going? Are you going back out on the road? You alluded to that um, yeah, earlier in the back, interview. 
Yep, back in October, and I'm actually right now at like today. I literally got the uh, the um, the map of of where we're going. Yeah, we go back out, so we're, it's going to be crossing the Great Divide right. uh, tour part two. And like I said, we're going to be doing the lower the lower half. So we're going to start in Florida, then make our way across all the way back over to LA, um, and do the wow. same thing. But this time, we're really going to focus on the the healthcare facilities. Um, like I, again, it was, it was, it became such an important part of the trip that, that we feel that we have to do more. So this time it's really going to focus on those. I think it was something like we're looking at, at like 28 different facilities that we're going to run through on the way back. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. I uh, wish you luck. His new album, Frankie Perez's new album is called suddenly 44 is yeah. out now. And I'm guessing we can find that everywhere. From everywhere Spotify to Tower Records on Sunset, if that were to exist. <laughs> anyway, man, it's a pleasure meeting you, and thanks for coming on the show. And I, you know, I'll get on Ducati right away to give you this bike. You should be, they should be gifting it to you. <laughs> I know you're too polite to ask, but I'm going to ask on your behalf. <laughs> right on, man. Hey, maybe when I get to LA uh, this run, we can go for a ride, do the canyon. Yeah, no, I would love that. I would love that. If I don't have a press bike, I'll take my old 66 Triumph Bonneville out, um, and we'll go out to Bill's and have a cup of coffee in Malibu. Sounds great, bro. Thanks so much, man. Hey, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Definitely. Later, Spike. There it is, Zuckerman. Frankie Perez. Good dude, right? Fantastic. You didn't hear any of it. You liar. <laughs> there. This I is lie. us still sitting here. I just lie all You're the just time. Just pretending. Um, one program note in a couple weeks, we're going to be at the uh, Malibu Kitchen Cars and Coffee with Porsche uh, yeah. debuting something very special. They're going to have some cars out there. And, uh, and hopefully, I- Bill and Fireball will be in <laughs> fisticuffs. And then, each other. as part of that event. Yes, Bill and Fireball are going to beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> We're gonna, we should give Bill some sort of advantage, right? What would we give him? A hot spatula? <laughs> Fireball looks like a tough guy, even though he's old. He looks like a tough guy. But uh, Bill, I don't know. He's Bill's got, got rage. He's got rage. He's right. got rage on his side. Never underestimate We should start rage. putting together brackets on this. All these people we know and who would win in these fights. I am now suddenly interested. Um, anyway, that's our show for you guys today. Um, thank you to Hawthorne for sponsoring us. Uh, we love you because you love us. You guys got to check out Hawthorne, hawthorne.co, because they are helping us make Spike's Car Radio. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200.